What's up? What's up, everybody? What's up? I'm glad y'all are here. Yes, another episode live. Um, real talk with Dr. T. Um, have a real conversation with real people about real issues, baby. And we on here again, y'all. Uh, would I have some special guests? A good old time friend from high school. He was in the choir, I was in the band. We were the best in the land. You know what it was, so you know that's just how it is. Don't be hate, don't be hate. But um, I've known Xavier in high school. Uh, he graduated with my cousin, cousins. Um, great guy, always been a good guy. 
Um, and now my brother is married um, to a beautiful young lady by the name of Dominique Wiggins. Uh, just want y'all to introduce yourselves, who you are, what you do. We're going to go ahead and dive into this conversation. Hey y'all, my name is Dominique Wiggins. <laughs> Feel so majestic. Um, I am from Memphis, Tennessee, born and raised. I love um, to go to college as well as graduate school. Um, but I'm back. I came back um, to help my dad. He pastors a church, so I just kind of want to be in the area. Um, I am a full-time content creator, influencer, brand ambassador, so I work with some amazing companies. Um, and I am also a full-time medical school student. So in a few years, um, it's almost here. I will officially be Dr. Dominique Wiggins. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about myself. What's, what's going on, everyone? My name is Xavier. I'm originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, spent the bulk of my life in Pompano Beach, Florida, where I attended Blanchett High School. Um, I moved from there to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, where I attended the first HBCU of the South, Shaw University. That's where I received my um, Bachelor's of Arts and Science from there. Um, and then after that, I matriculated to Charlotte where I spent um, the last, what, eight years of my life um, until I got engaged to this beautiful woman. Um, I knew she wasn't gonna leave her dad. So I said, all right, might as well pack up my bag, pack up my life and move here to Memphis where I live right now. Still adjusting, um, but it's been pretty good so far. All right, all right, all right, all right. I hear you, I hear you, I see you, I see you. So uh, both of y'all said uh, you're still adjusting. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, it's just a change. Um, I grew up as the only child, um, and I was majority of my life, if I wasn't with my parents, I lived by myself. So living with somebody is a huge adjustment. Um, my brand was created on my pre-married name, Dominique Moore, um, and then it came Beauty and Moore, but so it's hard to not introduce myself as Dominique Moore, um, because that's kind of how people have always known me, um, especially in our denomination, you know, just Dominique Moore. So it's kind of <laughs> adjusting from the Moore to Wiggins is a huge adjustment, and then living with a man, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I love, the funny thing is, I love, like, I'm a person, I'm a creative, so I love organized chaos. He's a neat freak. So he try to come up and clean up my stuff, and then I am living because I don't know where anything <laughs> is. I'm like, I had this stuff right where I liked it. It may look messy to you, but it was yes, organized yes. for me, okay? <laughs> I knew exactly where to go, so that, that's just been an adjustment, too. Yeah, and like she was saying, on um, adjustment, um, I'm in a new place. I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. Always said I would never live in Memphis. Um, so that's an adjustment being away from my family. I've been away from them, but not this far, I would say. Um, and living with a woman. You know, I've never done that since 2009. That was the last time I lived with a woman. My mom and my sister were all in the same house with my dad. So that was the last time I lived with women. Um, now, you know, over the years, I've developed what I like to see, but being that she's a content creator, she develops uh, what she likes to see based off of the trends that's going on, what's happening now. And I'm like, mm, I don't like that. Well, you need to group it like this. You need to set it like that. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, that don't work for me. So, you know, it's just been an adjustment and um, ultimately having a wife, you know, coming home a little sooner now, you know, than I normally would, you know. Mm -hmm. I normally go out, stay out as long as I want to now. I have Worry about all right, did she eat? Did, did the dog get taken out? Different things like that. So it's been a big adjustment. But wow. a fun a fun one of that. Okay. Okay, that's what's up. I like that. I like that. But I like what you said. You're adjusting. That means you're allowing the process yeah. to make it mold you, but you're submitting to it. Yeah. I think so many times people are so used to being single. Mm -hmm. um, and they stay in that mindset of singleness and they never make the adjustment. That's why so many marriages don't work out because you're still selfish. And you can't be selfish anymore when you're married. Like yeah. you want to be. So, uh, <laughs> ah! oh, man, this is going to be good. And then y'all young. Y'all my generation. We can, we can chop it up about some stuff. And uh, so how, you know, this is called finding the one. And, and I want to say something before I get started. You know, I had a conversation with another Christian female, some other people. They didn't believe in the one. 
you know, but I said, like I was saying, like in Genesis 20, 24, Genesis 24, verse 44, it does talk about um, Isaac having a wife. And it says in verse 44, the servant of Abraham said, this is the one that's NIV version. This is the woman or the woman that God had chosen for Isaac. But at the same time, uh, several instances, Abraham and other individuals said she must be willing to go. Mm -hmm. She must be willing to marry. So God can choose a person, but God still gives us free will, even though he, he may choose yeah. something for us. And I think so many times we think just because God chose, that negates free will. God mm -hmm. can choose and you still reject what he, he, he's choosing. Um, so uh, how did y'all meet? What's up? All right. So this is the fun part. <laughs> no, but really, um, we met about 10 years ago. Um, it was at... Um, he slid in my DMs. That's how we originally met. So wait, before <laughs> I slid in her DMs, let's back it up a little. Because I, I don't remember this part that he's about to say. I saw her on the red carpet at an AIM convention. I believe we were in Tampa. And I, she stood out because it was uh, official night. And you know, the Church of God in Christ, official night. You know, women normally wear their white, men and their black. She had a red bird on her head. She wore a white dress, but it had red, blue, yellow flowers. And I'm like, mm, she kind of out of order. So mm -hmm. I saw her over in the corner with this guy, which I later found out was her little boyfriend. And I saw her and I told my friends, yeah, you was short too. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, that's going to be my wife. And my friend's like, oh, you know who that is? I said, no, who is that? They said, that's B. Dominique Moore. I said, well, she going to be my wife. Um, so fast forwarding, she was on social media um, and she made a post about guys with beards. And from there, you know, I kind of slid in her DMs. I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to speak to her. Um, so I slid in her DMs and uh, we talked about men with beards. And um, yeah, it just went from there. Okay. Your perspective, not that one. So that he tells me that story that all the time about him seeing me at a vision. I don't remember any of that. The first time I ever noticed him, saw his name, heard who he was, was when he slid in my DMs. I made a post. Um, like I love a dude with a beard or something like that. He was came in, I was like, I got a beard. <laughs> so <laughs> and so we ended up just talking. I'm just being real short or whatever. And he just keeps talking and I'm like, okay, so this is not going to work. Eventually we exchange numbers and we text for a good minute on a regular basis. Um, and then I went and did my thing. She ghosted me because he had an old man at home. I did my thing. You know, I enjoyed life a little bit. And he just kept popping back up. So I was like, okay, we can be friends. So then I friend zoned him. And I was like, that's it. That's where it's going. We done. Um, and then he was just so persistent, like a little bug that just keeps flying around. And I'm like, <laughs> <in there>. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Clearly what I'm used to isn't really going well for me. So let me, you know, try something different. I, we talked for a little minute and I think I ghosted him again because I was like, no, it, it wasn't it. It wasn't giving. Uh, but then eventually he pulled me back in. Mm -hmm. So then the only time we saw each other were at national conventions. Um, and, you know, me, I kind of had that petty spirit sometimes. So I would go around, hug all the girls that she was with, talk to all the guys, say what's up to everybody. And then as I saw her, I said, hey, Miss Moore, and I'll just walk away. So being the type of person that she was, always used to being the center of attention, she didn't like that I kind of ignored her. So I would just, hey, Miss Moore, and I'll walk away. Um, so then I mean, eventually she will always make herself, we will make ourselves somehow together and we will take a picture. And I never thought about it until, you know, a few weeks ago I was sitting there Every time we take the picture, she's like, no, you post it. You post it. I'm like, okay. She'll have the picture in her phone for the longest. But she's like, you post it. You know, she'll post everybody else on her social media, but she never posts me. So I'll post it. Everybody sitting on their heart and they're liking it and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. And I never hear from her again until the next convention. So, so did you like him, Dominique? No, not at all. I, it's, period. I didn't think, because he had, you know, we both have had a glow up, but, you know, back then he wasn't my type. Um, like, and I love the light skin man and all this kind of, but, you know, got his delivery. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait. We had a conversation prior to, you said you like him hood. 
Yeah, I do. I, I was getting to it. I like me a light skin man. I like somebody that's a little hood. And he was a good boy. So I was not into that. Um, he was just nice and sweet. And, you know, I love, like, a renaissance type man because that's what I grew up with my father. You know, open the door. But hood dudes open the doors, too. Um, so I was just like, no, this not it. He was a preacher. I was did not, absolutely did not want to be with a preacher. I didn't care what the circumstances was no i go to church enough on my own i don't need you having engagements and stuff and me having to join you um so yeah i, I wasn't i wasn't feeling him at all but he so grew me <laughs> but you you wanted plies yeah yeah, yeah. give me a look <laughs> yep that's it you okay okay so what was it about him that changed your perspective and a matter of fact changed your type so I was in a situation when I was in graduate school and I was like, this was when I really like got back in tune with God. So I was really praying and like seeking God because I wanted to be in a relationship at that point. At one point I was like, no, I don't want a relationship. I just want a few boot things here and there, but I didn't want it. I didn't want commitment. So at this time I was like really praying, like God do it, do it, do it. And I ended up in a relationship. But when I say that was one of the worst relationships in my life. And so later on I realized the devil hears your prayers too. So everything I was saying that I wanted on the outside, I got it. The look, the feel, the attitude, the hoodness, the everything, I got it. But inside it was like, no, this is not it. I was mentally abused. I was just going through and it really made, um, as he said, I was go look like I was depressed when I was posting my pictures and stuff, but it was really hard on me. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I am not doing this anymore. We ended up seeing each other at another convention during the summer. And I saw him and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give this a real shot. I'm gonna actually give this a real shot. And me being the only child being, you know, spoiled or whatever, he, <laughs> I remember I was out of town and my family and I, we had a beach house. And I reached out to him and I was like, I'm hungry, you should send me some Uber Eats. And he was like, no. I was like, no, what? <laughs> you tell me no, but then I realized, okay, Okay, you, you can put your foot down, you can give me a check a little bit. And it didn't run me off, it actually attracted me more. It's because, like, I'm not used to people telling me, no. I'm not used to somebody being like, No, sis, I'm just starting talking. You didn't ghost me four times, I'm not buying you nothing. You gotta earn that. And I was like, Okay, I feel it. So we started talking, and I really was attracted to his personality as a friend. And that was the core thing. We wanted to build a friendship before we did anything else. I think we were consistently talking for about a year before he even asked me to be his girlfriend. So we really wanted to talk and to develop a friendship, develop trust, um, and to learn each other. That's what's up. I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Friendship. Building that friendship, you know, is foundational and it's key. Mm -hmm. uh, I think sometimes we want to skip the process yeah. and right into marriage, right into boyfriend and girlfriend. But Friendship, like you said, and that's what is that foundation. You can't be friends while y'all married, you know right? I mean? So um, that's 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 imperative for any successful relationship is to be a friend, and that and that requires trust. Yes. And when you have friendship, you create that trust. Um, so you know, Xavier, uh, you know, we we talked a couple of times, man, and even back like a couple of years ago, you was engaged. Um, and now you're married to this beautiful woman. We had a conversation on the phone that the previous woman you were with, she only wanted you because of your title. Mm -hmm. and she wanted to be a first lady. How did Dominique different or dis was distinguished or um, differ from the other woman you talked to in your life? Um, pretty much a lot. Um, <laughs> A lot because Dominique, uh, she's she's genuine in, in many things that she do. Um, she's sweet, you know. She just walks around. She has an air about herself. She's very confident. Um, she's business minded, um, and you know she'll sit down. She'll give the last of whatever she has, or whoever's next to her, if she can get their last to give to somebody else she thinks needs it. That's what she'll do. Um, so it was just it was just that her overall um, demeanor. And then the way she carried herself, you know, whenever you see her on the red carpet, you know, you never heard her name in anything. It was just like, wow, okay, there she goes. She looked good tonight. Um, so it was just all those attributes that really stuck out to me. And they were on my list of what I wanted in a spouse. 
Um, and she never just clung to me because I was a preacher or said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a first lady. You know, that, that was something that kind of like, all right, she don't even want this because I don't want it either. <laughs> but you know, we're going to just move and do what we need to do. Um, so that, that's really what caught my attention. Nice, nice. Because I, I think even even as a preacher myself, <clears throat> you know, like like we said, even prior to this this going live, some people they just want you for the title, mm -hmm. they want you for the position and the power, but they don't want you for the person you are. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a, a good friend of mine, female friend, um, um, and she said, Antoine, there are multiple parts of me. I'm a preacher, I'm a prophet, all that stuff, but I'm also I like jazz, I like R&B, I like some rap, I like I like. I like trap music, you know what I'm saying? I like, I like to go to the gym, I like this, I like that. And she said, you know, um, everybody ain't gonna be able to handle it. So when I start pushing stuff out that's the other side of me, people get offended because they're always used to seeing me one way. Yeah. And so when somebody only sees you one way and then you show them the other side of who you are, this, ain't a, this is not a different piece of me, this is all of me, but now I'm revealing it. Can you handle the other pieces or faces of who I am? So it's comforting to know somebody don't just want you for your title. Cause that that happened to me like when I first went from a brother to a minister. I remember this chick was in church, and I just said hi. I'm like, what's up? And she like kind of blew me off. But when I the moment I started preaching, she all in my face. Like, can you cook? Can you this? I'm like, dang, you changed up. Soon I get a promotion. So I saw the shift of how people will treat you. When you have a title, um, and 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 you know, even Bishop TJ says sometimes people see you as an opportunity. Yeah, you see, they don't see you, you know. Uh, and I think sometimes that's that's even in this dating scene. Are we looking for opportunities? Are we looking for a, a real friendship or a person? Mm -hmm. um, um, how do you balance ministry and just and just being each other friend? Because I know you know doing ministry, being ministers and all that stuff. How do you balance that? as America. I want to go back one second to what you said. Um, yeah. One thing that kind of stuck out to me yeah. was um, when you were talking about like building the friendship and knowing both sides of people. I think we had that situation because when we got in it, he thought I was an angel. He thought I was innocent. <laughs> Never done a terrible thing in my life like your friend. And you know, I am in ministry. I am heavy in ministry. But then he saw me. He saw my attitude. He saw my mouth. He saw the kind of music I like. He, he was like, wait, this not the same girl. Like I saw the carpet or I saw up there. You know, so I think that it's so vital to get to know the person and not what you think they are or the person on the pictures or the person on the stage or the person of preaching, but that person and what they carry inside of them. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's good. That's good. That's you want to say something, Zay? Um, yeah, no, that's so true because what drew to, what drew me to her was the image that she was. But I think ultimately what made me fall in love with her um, was finding out who she really was. You know, because I found myself doing stuff like, I want, I want to go out. No, can we stay in? No, I want to go out. What happened to this bubbly personality? But you know, when you see her out and about, you think, oh, she's this social butterfly, but she's really not. She's to herself. She prefers to stay at home with the dog, watching movies and things like that. So me being that I'm a natural social butterfly, you know, she in this age of TikTok, she loves to send me TikToks about how women don't like friendly guys and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> You know, often I work in the hospitality industry, so I find myself, even if I'm out, still talking to people, how's your day going? And she'll just look at me like, you know, you ain't at work. So it's like, mm, that's that's the type of person that I am. Um, whenever I'm like, I don't really reveal myself to many people, but the people that I'm really close to, they'll see like the jokester side of me. Like it took her a while to get used to me being a jokester. I'm a big jokester. When people see me out, they normally say, oh, you're so serious or what have you. But I'm I'm a big kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ultimately, we're like two big kids living in this house. Yeah. Um, how do we balance our, our life as newlyweds and um, ministry? Um, we do it together. Um, I always tell people um, that ask us, how's married life going? It's going great because we're we're basically two kids. We put on, we have concrete floors in our house. So we put on socks, we slide around the house. 
We do water gun fights, all different types of stuff because she never had a sibling, but you ultimately know she craved it. I don't know anybody that wanted to grow up as an only child, not crave the companionship of a brother or sister. Um, but that's what we do. We try to keep it fun. Uh, we have date nights. Uh, ultimately, in our house, like roles are kind of shift. I do a lot of the cooking. So I'll cook, I bake, and I'm like, hey, babe, try this recipe. You know, we have fun in the kitchen. Um, we kind of entertain, you know, our close friends here. We have game nights, just different things to keep us grounded. Um, I think she's also, both our parents would say we're a great balance for one another. Um, because where she's more serious in things, I'm more um, a jokester. And where I'm more serious at things, she's more of a jokester. Uh, sometimes it's not received, but we're both understanding each other each day. So I would say that's one of the ways that we um, kind of balance ministry. Uh, when we do ministry, we do it together. We make sure that we're doing um, everything in excellence because ultimately one thing that we always say in our prayer is we want to be an example to other young people um, because oftentimes when you look at research numbers of divorce rate and um, people get married at young ages, they're like, oh, you won't make it, but you actually can't make it. You know, you just have to keep God as a sin. And, um, you know, I always say she and I, we're both kind of control freaks in certain areas. We want everything to go our individual ways, but we have to sit down and say, all right, let's figure out how this can work best for both of us. And when he was talking, I kind of thought about, sorry, I kind of thought about something. Um, so one reason I like to be at home is because my job, what I do, I'm always having to interact with people. And it's funny because he's the same way, but our results from it are completely different. So since I always have to be around people, I always have to talk to people, get on Facebook lives, smile, be happy. It's like sometimes it's nice to just chill, not be around anybody but my, my person and my dog or my mama and just chill, like just relax. Um, but one thing we have learned is that we leave work at work. Um, so even though I'm a content creator and a lot of my stuff is done at home, when I'm done, I'm done. We not we don't try to take work into our bedroom. We don't try to take work into like our personal moments because we need to, as newlyweds, focus on building our relationship, setting that foundation, and prioritizing one another. Even though working is vital, you know we want to let each other know, hey, you're my priority. Um, and as far as ministry, I think the way God has set this up is he put us together for ministry. Um, so Xavier has a beautiful voice and he'll sing and the anointing will fall. And I began to operate in my gifts and it just works so well together. And God has really set us up for, you know, this generation in this time um, and going out places and people always ask me to do something as well as asking him to do something. So it seems like it's always an us thing, um, which is amazing because you get to do ministry with your best friend. Um, then come home and talk about it. Talk about, oh my God, can you believe what happened in service? Can you believe how this happened? Or, you know, as far as we're both over the youth department at our church. And I'm a talker, so if I talk much, just tell me to stop talking. Um, uh, youth department at our church, we come up with ideas. We make flyers. I We promote, you know, and it's just fun doing something. It doesn't seem like work or it doesn't seem hard anymore because you're doing it with your best friend. Or another thing that she didn't mention, you know, when she said we come back and talk about it. She also likes to point out my flaws and things that I do as well. Like, who gonna, who gonna choose a song and they don't know the lyrics to it? I mean, but who chooses a song and you don't know the words? So, you know, and I'm trying like to mouth him the word that he got his eyes closed to sing. I'm like, you sing it wrong, your eyes closed? <laughs> so, yeah, it's good times. Wow, wow. That's good. That's good. I, I love the fact that y'all said, I like that. That's you're spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And that's good. People lose their spontaneity when they get married. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, you did all that chasing when you were single, but then when you get married, you stop chasing them. Yeah. And that 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 kills the marriage when you're no longer pursuing your spouse. Um and and, and I think that's powerful. I love it. That's a good idea. I need to write that stuff down. I have, I have a, a water fight, a, a balloon water fight, water balloon <laughs> my wife and food fights and stuff. But that's, I think that's like, you know, when you meet that person, you have to keep it in that friendship. But I love the fact that you said you're two kids mm -hmm. and, and it keeps it fun. Yeah. I think people lose that, that funness yeah. when they marry. And it's just, it's all serious. Just have babies, church, 
and then it becomes boring and boorish and tedious and become more of a chore. Like um, yeah, just routine and y'all become roommates instead of being yes. friends. Yes. You know, um, I love it. I love it. Y'all, 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 I like y'all. I like y'all. I like y'all. <laughs> what's up? That's what's up? So like me and uh, Xavier were talking about it. He said something because you got this thing called simps. And Zay, you said women love simps. What you said there's a difference in being a simp and simpish. Mm. What is the difference from both of your perspectives? Um, the difference, um, you know, she normally can answer this much better because she she will always tell me when we first got together, oh, you're so hard, you know, you're not supposed to be hard to me. You know, um, women love simps, you know, where you're kind of like sappy and you're like, um, just sending like a lot of mushy text messages, overly affectionate, or just willing to, um, like in a sense, not necessarily like in a crazy way, but like obsessed with your partners. And it shows that your actions, like calling them, texting them, being sad when they don't respond. Let me not respond to him. He gonna be like, so you didn't respond? You was busy? Yeah. Like, no, you didn't even care that I didn't respond. You know, so I think that's like, you know, the ultimate self. And just being simple, it's just having like some of those traits, but not overboard. Um, not going too deep into it. Um, not being, he's one thing about him, they're clingy. He's not clingy at all. I'm clingy. So he that that's an adjustment right there because I'm very clingy. Um, and he is like, you close. Um, so I think that's kind of one of the things. I never wanted him to be a full-on sim, but you know, just have some of those characteristics. Let me know you care. Let me know you like on your mind. Let me know that you want to be around me, want to be in my presence. Send me mushy text messages to make me be like, oh, you know, I think we women love stuff like that. It just kind of rubs on the inside of us. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. So, you know, um, you both have found the one. What would you say to individuals that are single uh, that want to find the one? What would you say to them? What's some What's some advice you can give and some, some do's and don'ts? Some do's and don'ts. Uh, I would say ultimately work on yourself. Um, take time to work on yourself because oftentimes I, I look at it um, as simple as finding something in the store. Uh, oftentimes, you have in my mind, all right, I need to find me a widespread black collar shirt with uh, French cuffs. Oftentimes, when I go into the store, I'm not going to find it. It's not until I'm actually not looking for it that I find it. Um, so focus on yourself. Look, um, do some long-time goals, some short-term goals. Also, have a prayerful spirit. Um, be very specific in your prayers. Lord, I want someone with this personality. Um, I think oftentimes we spend so much time with giving God the um, physical. Oh, Lord, I want them to look like this. I want them to look like that. But like she said, the devil hears your prayers as well, and he'll see you just what you're looking for, but they don't embody any of the um, personality traits that you're really looking for. So I would say, you know, when you start focusing on yourself, um, working on yourself and praying and um, getting involved, finding yourself, that's when you'll find the one. Like uh, when we first got together, I was not looking for a relationship. Uh, matter of fact, my family will always tell you, matter of fact, my family will always tell you that I always said that I would never get married. And if I did get married, I want the Lord to tell me. So like, for example, Lord, if I'm supposed to die at 89 years old, let me get married at 85 so I can say, hey, I had a wonderful marriage. That's how I always thought. So it wasn't until my last engagement failed and I focused on myself. I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not God's will for me to be alone. But in order for me to find someone, I need to open up myself. Um, I need to make sure that I'm working on myself and doing what I need to um, make it to that next level. And then oftentimes what people feel like is they think, oh, I have to be perfect when the one comes. When I, when I found her, I was like, yes. Holly. I was in a complete, complete mess when I found her. But also knowing the one they accept all of you, 
and um, they have the option to grow with you. And if they are the one, they literally grow with you and they'll say, hey, um, I know you've been through this, but this is what we need to do, pick up the pieces. Uh, one thing that we've done, I think when we first got together, we told each other the worst thing that we dealt with. And that was one of the things that we had on the on, on conversation we had on the phone. And after that conversation, I thought, all right, she might be a keeper. And she told me something. I was like, all right. She's never told anybody else. So I'm like, okay, this must be some type of uh, way of God showing me, you know, in a better spectrum that this is the one. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with everything um, Zay has said. Um, I think what he mentioned when he got into a relationship, he wasn't looking for one. Neither was I. I don't know if I told him that I was actually in a relationship when we started really talking. Um, so I definitely wasn't looking for a relationship because I was with somebody else. Um, I different, but I do feel like when it came, I knew, and, and I was had no hesitation in their last relationship because it was already on the brink anyway. Um, but I think one thing is in the journey of pursuing as far as women. Um, let people in. I know for a while we can be very cut off. We have these expectations. We have these standards. And I truly believe you do have to grow with people. Um, you know, in this day, we're looking for a man with money, cars, payments on trips, this, that, and the third. Okay, well, he's doing all that, but then he's or he's doing all that, but then he can't communicate. He's lying to you. He can't have a conversation. So I think you have to be willing to say, okay, you may not have $100,000 in your bank account right now, but you're a good man. And I believe in you, and I see where God is going to take you. So I'm going to trust the process and go with you and double that. You know, we have the potential to make way more. Um, so I definitely think what they said was growing with people, um, growing with that person. Um, and just taking time to be real with who you are. Know what you want out of somebody. It's no need to no use in playing with people's emotions if you know, hey, this is not what I'm looking for. This is not what I'm interested interested in. I don't like this. Um, or trying to convince yourself to like something you don't. If you don't like it, move on. But I think being prayerful and really seeking God because God knows what you need even when you don't. He knows what's best for you even when we don't. We have this, I was a timeline person. I had this entire timeline laid out when I was going to get married, when I was going to have kids, when I was going to finish medical school. And God's like, your timeline is real. I already got it written down. And so just trusting God and trusting that he wouldn't put somebody in your life who's not supposed to be there. And really praying like, God, where do you want me? Who do you want me with? I like that. Um, I gotta, I gotta ask this question because y'all married, y'all young. <laughs> How much does physical attraction play in a marriage? With one another. I answer <laughs> like the top, the top, and you know, real talk. My drive is extremely high, like. And, and oh, you high naked? Not as high as mine. <laughs> so I feel like. Okay, I like that piece myself. 
My dad used to say that. He used to say, he used to say boy, you high in nature. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the older, older, older folks used to say. You high in nature, baby. You high in nature. But, you know, I'm going to get him right. Um, he got to do his push-ups and his squats. And, <laughs> you know, 10 pounds of good, sturdy muscle. Mm-hmm. You'd be right. You'd be right. You know, so I'm like, but it's good, man. It's, but it's good that you desire each other and that you're real with one another. Um, somebody says, before you get married, the conversation of sex is necessary. So the expectation will be talked about before the marriage. Okay. I think that is, it actually is. You can be um, unequally yoked sexually, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you got to know, you got to have expectations. You know, I think. Sometimes when we get when folks get married, they get dry. They stop. They, they stop doing stuff. You know, they stop experimenting. They stop. You stop having. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody say, "Get to the lifting the weights, X. Get that energy up. <laughs> lifting weights. So lifting weights, exercise, aka sex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good cardio. It is wonderful cardio." It it builds muscle, mm-hmm. it builds the, the it builds the foundation. But 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 for real. But sex is a good thing, and the world has corrupted it so much you can't even talk about it. Right. And and you know uh, how also is it, what's how important is intimacy with the right one and sex? Because some people they're married, they don't date. Uh, like I said, they're not friends. We already hit that. But how what's the difference between intimacy and sex, and how do you group that together? Um, so I think intimacy is huge. Um, I think that escalates the sex. If you have an intimate connection with somebody, you're in tune with them, um, you can feel them out and you know them, that's huge because if and you know, for me, intimacy can come on an intellectual level. Just having conversations and hearing your heart and knowing what you feel on the inside, that's just, you know, a turn on. Um, and just being close to each other. I remember our wedding night had a wonderful, huge wedding. At the end of it, we was tired, like tired. So we didn't, you know, do what, you know, people expect have sex at our wedding night. But we were intimate. We hugged on each other. We loved each other. We kissed. We talked about it. And I was happy with it. Like, it wasn't like a disappointment. Because I was with my person. Like, we had an amazing time. And I think intimacy can be just as fulfilling with sex. But together, it's, you know, incredible. Yeah, I would say, I would say that as well. Um, intimacy is very high and it's very important. Um, and I group that also with um, you know, dates as often. A lot of the things I did in pursuing her, I have to continue doing those. Um, she's one of those like um, the first few weeks of our marriage. I make sure before I left for work, I will always bring her some hot, um, make her hot caramel macchiato uh, with salted caramel, what have you, put it by her nightstand and kiss her, and I would say, I love you. Um, one day, I didn't do that. She woke up with the greatest attitude, the, the greatest attitude, she wouldn't speak to me. So I got up, went into the kitchen, made her her um, salted caramel macchiato, brought it to her, and she said, baby, I love you. <laughs> a lot to do with <laughs> intimacy as well. You know the things that you did to get her. You have to continue doing those things. You have to learn her body. You have to learn her mind. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the things that was very difficult. I'm a, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a night person, but I would say I'm more of a morning person because I wake up early to go to work. She's a night owl. So it'll be three o'clock in the morning. She's up working. And she wants to have these deep intellectual conversations. I'm like, hey, babe, I'm going to sleep. That needs to be six. So finding out what time works best for us. I know that she's a late night person. So now I might sleep a little later. I'm up at three o'clock. We're talking, watching the movie or what have you, engaging in that, um, conversation because I know it's something that she something that she desires. Yeah, but yeah. she's not gonna wake up in the morning and talk to me, have a whole conversation with me. She's like, "Hey, you need to talk to me later." Um, yeah. You know, that's that's all about the intimacy. You have to um, give and take and learning. 
you know, just like you go into school and you learn, you have to learn a whole body, uh, a whole person, learn their body, learn what makes them happy, what takes them off. So I think that's something that's important as well. And we are, um, I'm an advocate for mental health, personal, anything. So we are in coping therapy and we have been since before we got married. And one thing that our um, therapist kind of told us was um, being that safe place for the other person creates a deeper level of intimacy. When that person knows you love them for who they are, you accept them, there's no judgment, there's nothing harsh. It just lets them be free and able to breathe like a breath of fresh air when you know that other person, your spouse, um, loves you regardless of your past, regardless of your thoughts or what you're dealing with. They love you and they want to help you through it. They want to be there. They accept you. And then just embrace um, the same place, I definitely think, creates deeper intimacy, which can lead to better sex. Somebody asked a question. Um, what about a blood test before coming together? Oh, wholeheartedly. Um, I, especially being in the medical field, I am very um, much so in agreement with that. I need to know your entire health record. I need to know if you got had blood pressure, cholesterol. Because if we have children, I need to know we're passing down to our children. Want to know about your STDs or anything? So, um, yeah. I don't care if I'm not before I do anything, I'm gonna kiss you because y'all know how many STDs can be transferred through a kisser. No, when you get tested, definitely, definitely, definitely need no gonorrhea or syphilis. Shouting with gonorrhea in your mind. Hallelujah! All the pulpit. Oh, don't worry about For real, for real. But this has been good. Um, ah, question. Did you guys date openly? Um, did you date, did you guys date openly to avoid temptation or not? Like in private, like did you go to like somewhere private or did you stay open when you were dating? Um, both. Um, and I think like we just became good at avoiding temptations when we knew that time was here. You know, we're both like, you know, we would go like we're at his house or at his house, and then we were alone and like temptations rise watching the movie. And we'd be like, all right, I'm gonna um, or just uh, take some time, take the fresh air. Um, so we dated both, we went out and stayed again because. Like you said, I'm kind of a homebody, so I'm not always trying to go out. Um, but, you know, we learned. We prayed through it. We made it. <laughs> it y'all made, made it. Y'all made it. Did y'all make it? <laughs> <laughs> y'all made it. <laughs> I hope y'all got y'all heads down. Y'all make, y'all make it. Really make it. <laughs> we made it. We carry it. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. Um. Actually, that's a good question because I, 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 um, do you think spending time alone, like you said, at each other's house, how do you navigate that? Be even as being believers and Christian, it can be a good thing, it can be a temptation. How do you navigate that? Um, how do you navigate it? Um, I mean, it's very hard, especially when you have two attractive persons. Um, and, you know, um, temptation is like the song says, temptation is a, mother, uh, is a mother, how we lust for one another. Um, it, it's very hard, but you have to find like different ways to, um, to kind of work through. Um, some of the things that we would do, we would go to like top golf. Um, very aggressive. We would do um, axe throwing. Different things like that. We go to those little places where they lock you in a room. You throw, um, you um, break glass. Things like that to like let out some type of steam or aggression or frustration or whatever to kind of get us to calm down. Um, and then sometimes go, you know, just watch a movie or something like that. Just cuddle. Um, find other means to kind of uh, keep our mind straight. Because that was one of the things that we had, um, one of the questions we always received. And we were always 
couples that will say, oh, yeah, we're not doing anything. You know, we're waiting out to marriage. And the woman will pop up uh, pregnant and have to make this apology. Yeah. And I always tell her that's something that I don't want us to do. I want our yes to be I know to be no. I don't want us to have to, you know, fake around or act around. Um, and people looking at us strange, like, oh my God, you lied to us all the time when we looked at you all to be real about it. And I think one thing also is the first year and a half or so of us dating, we were long distance. Um, so that played a huge part in helping with the temptation. Um, we were long distance, so we see each other often. Uh, we didn't have a lot of interactions and when we did it was usually for something like we would come together to go to a wedding or we would come together for a, a birthday party or a convention so our minds went elsewhere um even though we like we're excited to see each other hug it we always kept busy um in those times so when he did move him here it wasn't long after he moved here that he proposed um so then our mind was all on wedding planning trying to get stuff together so even when we were together in closed areas it's like okay we need to do this we need to talk to our wedding planner we need Figure this out. So we were busy a lot of times, even though we tried to, you know, date and stuff like that. We kept our minds active. Um, and once he moved here, um, it was like the relationship started over. I do not, I am not an advocate for long distance relationships because I feel like the person you're dating long distance is not the same person you're gonna date when y'all are face to face. So it was completely like starting from day one. So that took a lot of time, a lot of energy. And I'm, you know, at that point, I'm like, I don't really, I'm not really thinking about having sex with you right now because I don't know who you are. I don't know who this I've been dating for a year and a half. So I'm trying to learn. Wow. Wow, that's good. That's good. That's good. So, somebody asked another question. Uh, when you started courting, did you feel like your spiritual relationship brought you too close? I don't think so. Um, we always made so. One of the things we first did when we first got together, um, I told her we need to go on the fast. I said, because I don't want to. Time. I said, I don't want to waste your time. My time has already been wasted. I'm sure your time has been wasted. So let's just do a fast. At the end of this fast, God's going to tell us um, if we need to be together or if we don't. Um, and we went through that. Um, I think at the end of the fast, it, uh, somebody slipped up a few times in the fast because they thought Starbucks was on fast. But, you know, I ain't going to put anybody out there. Um, but, um, you know, after we made it through the fast, it was like one of those things that, like, all right, this is what we need to do. And ultimately, one of the things that kept us, um, we didn't want to be a disappointment to God. Um, oftentimes, we say, all right, we know that God has ordained us for this. And oftentimes, people don't make it to what he ordained them to be because they failed him in a way. And um, he's a God of many chances, you know, grace and mercy is doing every day. Um, I'm a firm believer sometimes that grace and mercy can run out. And I didn't want it to run out on our marriage. I wanted um, I wanted our marriage to be pure. I wanted it to be something that we could be proud of. That when we, whenever we did things like this, we didn't have to sit down and talk with people. All right, are we going to be like we happy today? Because that was something that I didn't want. And while we record, um, we made it a point to pray every night. You know, we talked since we were in business. We talked a lot. So every night we made it a point to pray. And like we talked prior to the um, live, the attractive, attractiveness of a man is sexy. So, of course, that makes it like, okay, I see you. You better, you better tap in. So that's sexy. And it made me, and then, you know, starting going to hear the preacher stuff. So I feel like um, women love the anointing on a man. And I saw that in when going out places with Zay or hearing him preach, hearing him minister a song, and one one way it was like, oh, this is so sexy, like I want to just like let's go. But then another way it's like I feel like if I really focus on God and what He has, it's gonna be so much better than I could ever expect it to be. So I don't want to ruin what it could be because of my flesh right now. And I will say, um. I'm sure she don't mind me sharing this, but our yes became real once we both connected and we in our minds were like, all right, we're gonna do what it is God wants us to do. That's when we really took our yes serious. And you know, I, I think um, what you did, what you guys did was you submitted the, you submitted your relationship to God, and most people don't do that. 
together. You both went on it fast, asking God, if this ain't it, let's just end it and go out each other separate ways and not waste time. And so many times we waste time with the wrong people, having children with the wrong folk, um, and, and all this other stuff because we didn't ask God, okay, God, do you approve of this? Mm-hmm. Is uh, uh, the, are you are you approving? Do I have your stamp of approval? Mm-hmm. And if God don't give you a yes, wait. You know what I'm saying? And so many times, you know, fasting fasting removes the flesh out of the way completely. Yeah. You know, and that's where we have to really be when we we trying to find a one. We're dating somebody. You know, if they can't agree with you on fasting and praying for God's will in this relationship, then we don't need to be in a relationship. Yeah, exactly. it's going to be all about, then we're going to get, have an entanglement. Right. We'll have a whole entanglement and you got Rick Ross and uh, all this all up in this thing. And, um, you know, we're going to be entangled. Right. So we don't know something about a man who suggests the fast, who suggests the prayer, um, especially as a woman. And, you know, spiritually, the man is to leave the household and he's head. To hear a man say, we need to go on a fast, or we need to make sure we're praying. Me getting out the phone, like, all right, good night, have a good. No, we're not going nowhere before we pray. Like, that's attractive, and that's a good quality to have in a husband or somebody who's going to uh, potentially leave family in the future. It's like, okay, you are serving God first, and that's of the utmost importance. I, I love that because. And 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 the Bible says Proverbs eighteen twenty two. He that found a wife found a good thing and receives favor from God. God says he found a wife. That means he has to be a husband before he yeah. found a wife. So they both have to be, even though it's a process. There's still an element of of husbandry and wife materialism that has to be within that person or that woman or that man. And when he initiated, like I say, Xavier initiated the prayer, the fasting. That's what a husband does. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I've seen, honestly, I've seen so many older women that I know that had husbands that were good providers, right. but they were not the head of the household spiritually. Yeah. They were not the priest. They were not the prophet. They were not the Levite. They couldn't stand in a gap for their families. They caused all type of hell and pain and trouble because they want their, their spiritual provider. They were just the financial provider. And that's not enough. Yeah. Financially is not enough. A woman wants peace. Yeah. You know, a man want peace, so we got to be able to give peace, and that's that, like you said, that spiritual aspect. But this is this is lovely. Somebody asked a question. Oh, because of your two schedules, how important was it to make time for one another? How did you how did you how did you cope with making time for one another? Um. <laughs> We figured out uh, with him being in the hospitality industry um, and he has amazing perks. He was able to get hotels and travel and have a little bit more of a flexibility. Um, and with me being in school at the time, it was you know, really high um, COVID. So I was, in, I was in school virtually. So I could take my school with me and, you know, just kind of work around with exams or boards and stuff like that, just to kind of make sure we put focus and time into each other. Um, we tried to see each other when we were long distance at least once a month. Um, and sometimes it would end up being a little more than that. But spending time is always a priority. Even now, he's a workaholic. He he lives, breathes, eats, work. Um, he has definitely gotten better and learned to balance more as we've been married. But even now, I'm being like, um, he'd be like, you know, I got a new promotion at work. I was like, congratulations. Hope you and your new wife are happy. Um, because I'm like, that, that's who you married to. But then when I make little comments like that, even though I'm saying them jokingly, I think it registers to him, okay, I need to spend more time at home. I need to make home a priority. I need to make spending time with my wife a priority. So it's definitely worked out. And by having someone as she, someone that loves to have a person there, um, even if I'm home 24 hours a day, that's still not enough time for her. So let me just drop that nugget as well. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I, I had the uh, toughest time adjusting um, because I was always taught, hey, the man should provide and do all this stuff. Um, but you know, now I'm seeing, all right, big time my wife makes me happy, it makes me happy. Um, we're agreeing on things more, the house is moving, 
going well. All right, let me spend some more time at home. And that's what I, that's what I do. I make sure that I cash in some of that sick time or um, vacation time so that we can go take a vacation. If we're not going out, do a vacation at home where we're just staying in the house where we can leave out the house. You know, just having fun, um, um, going on the patio, making s'mores, which is something that she really loves. You know, different things like baking together, cooking together, and finding those ways to um, to make sure that she knows she's a priority in my life. And one thing I know you said with working schedule, um, like a lot of stuff I have to do if it's not school related, I take him with me. He look good. He cute or whatever. So it's nice to have a good looking name on your arm in some of these events and some of these grand openings. So I'm like, come on, let's go. Or I'll go to his job. You know, everybody in his job know me. They know our dogs. So they love to see us come up there. She made sure once I got my ring that she was at my job. <laughs> when we were engaged, I was like, hey, babe, come up. Ain't nobody driving all the way out there to your job. As soon as we got married, we came back from that honeymoon. She's like, all right, babe, um, I'm outside. I brought you lunch. I didn't come empty-handed. I brought you lunch. You both brought you lunch. Then she'll come in. Everybody say, oh, my God, Dominique, how are you? You know, so she's going to make sure she make her presence known, which is something that I really appreciate. That's good. That's good. I I, I remember uh, good sitcoms. Good sitcoms was back in the day. One of them was My Wife and Kids. Mm -hmm. my, my Michael Kyle, he loves golf. And he, and he said, I got to play golf to get away from my family. You know, I need my me time. Mm -hmm. Did you lose your me time getting married? How do you cope with me? what you still, because we all like got hobbies. We all have yeah. hobbies and things we just like to do. Like me, I love the gym. I like, I like certain things that I like to do for me, not for you, not for nobody else, just me. It's my me time. How do you balance your me time with their, with spending time with yourself? Actually, this morning, <laughs> I was in there doing some work, sending some emails, um, preparing for some stuff I have going on tomorrow. He was just there. And so I was like, hey, babe, can I ask you a question? He was like, yeah. I said, why are you in here? And so he got up and left. And stuff. But like that sometimes is not me time. Like, I love what I do. I love, like, communicating with people and stuff like that. So I'll sit out my little room and I'll do what I got to do. Or I'll go to my people. House and we'll, you know, get some stuff done, or I like to go downtown, go to the dog park, stuff like that. So I, I think both try to find time for me time. I think because of his background, he likes a little more me time than I do. Um, so he might not get as much as he wants, but I think he still manages. <laughs> <laughs> so last last question: How did you know you both were ready for to say yes to each other? So um, when we were dating, um, we had this huge disagreement. A lot of stuff happened, and we kind of separated for a while. Um, and I told him, you know, you've been acting single, so I'm going to let you go be single. Um, and we were actually engaged at this point, I believe. Yeah, and many people don't know that we were actually engaged, stopped engagement, whatever. Um, so I went out, and I really fasted. And I prayed and I sought God because I was like, this ain't it, God. Like, and I know you're not a man lie, your word will not return void. So I know that you ain't lied to me. So maybe I heard it in my subconscious. Maybe I just wanted it so bad. I believed it. Um, because I was like, I'm not dealing with it. Like, I know you wouldn't give me a man with all this. this um, so I fasted, I prayed, and I came on the scripture, and I don't remember exactly was but it was like you can't expect God to give you grace when you need it if you're not willing to give grace to others. And so that really just hit me and I'm just still praying like oh is this my husband am I supposed to be with this man? And God was like this husband and me and Xavier had gotten into an argument. He was like you're mad at me for something God did. You're mad at me when God told you I was your husband, you were my wife. You need to take that up with God. So I went I'm like you gotta figure this out. Like you gotta take on and God was like, this is your husband and this is the season y'all are meant to be in because this is building your testimony to share with other people who are going to go through the similar similar things that you went through. Um, and I think at that moment that's when I knew, okay, this is my husband. And it's not about me. It's about us. It's about ministry. It's about the hundreds of souls, the hundreds of people that we're going to help by sharing. Yeah. 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 Y
And I think for me, um, you know, when you're you ask someone to be your wife, you know, it's a big thing. All right, you know, looks good. All he told her, but then you start to deal with the mental and the psyche of everything. You're like, oh my god, I'm accountable to someone else. Um, I would say I went through that. I went through that part, and I think the part that really made it known that she was the one for me. When we went through that, um, that season, she um, still showed love. She showed unconditional love. Um, and I saw God for who he was. Um, and throughout, I was like, okay, if she can accept me at my worst, I know we'll be able to get through anything. And that's when I knew she was the one. And um, yeah, every day I just thank God for it. You know, I do whatever I can to make sure that she feels safe, uh, secure, um, and that she has everything that she needs because, you know, I'm a firm believer. We're not meant to be on this life just to look all handmade and, um, you know, wear hand-me-downs, but we should live the best life. And that's something that we work towards every day, making sure that we're living the best life, that we're tired. We do everything that we put in God first so that we can, in fact, live the best life. And we won't have to uh, work so hard to get it. Man, this has been beautiful. Man, this has been wonderful. I'm, I'm about to, might have to do a part two because there's some other questions I'm going to ask. But uh, we're going to leave it right here, y'all. This has been beautiful. This has been lovely. Um, Thank you yes. for having us. Thank you. Yes, yes. yes. I'm about to do a part two with y'all. This is good. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, so um, real talk with Dr. T. Mm -hmm. um, if you got questions, we can have another segment. Finding the one part two, send me your questions via DM or just um, text me if you got my number or whatnot, um, however you want to do it. Uh, we can ask this lovely newlywed about marriage and all this type of finding the one uh, and um, go from there. But y'all, this is a great segment. We have real conversations with real people about real issues. Finding the one. Any last words? Um. I, I do think when you're looking for the one or you're finding the one, you need to have vital conversation. Um, communication, I think, was always one of the top things for you. Um, you need to communicate about finance, about what you desire sexually, communicate about children, communicate about everything, be completely transparent. So when the time comes, it's no secrets, it's no surprises, it's no um, things that you felt were hot in the dark because you know, you communicated. Uh, I think you need to open to receiving the information because you never ask a question that you're not ready for the answer. So I think when you're finding one, one of the big things is be, um, be open. Let people know who you are so they can feel safe enough to give you back who they are. Mm -hmm. And I, I piggyback everything that she said. And I will also say to the guys, be open to um, being real about yourself. Um, never, women as well, never make the decision for the other person. Um, if you allow them to make their uh, own decisions, they might surprise you. And that was always a big thing. Let me decide. Let, let me be. Let me make the decision if I want to do deal with this. If I want to stay. If I want to go. Um, I just ask for money. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Let them make the decision. And 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 I'll end with this. In order to find the one, you got to be the one. Yes. And, uh, become the better, best version of yourself. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I think we, we do. We look for the finished product and God ain't even give, trying to give us the finished product. So, but we can be with someone and grow with them. It's just like y'all growing uh, and we all grow. Uh, so everybody, peace out. We, we most likely going to have a part two because y'all still sending questions. <laughs> uh, so, but y'all love the cup. I love it. Keep the energy, keep the love um, as much needed. And we need young examples yeah. yourself in this corrupt day and age. Um, yeah. that marriage, marriage matters. Um, yes, it does. It's a good thing. Um, peace out, everybody. All right.